Hi, thanks for coming back. Welcome back to London Dale Tales. Today, well, we're going on pretty flat tarmac road. We're starting near the engine shed or the United Utilities Longdendale Environmental Centre near Bottoms Reservoir. It's not somewhere where you can park but it is somewhere that's pretty flat to walk. We're walking along the road which was next to an old, well now dismantled railway, which this railway wasn't the one that took passengers to Sheffield. This is the other side. It's the side near Woodhead Pass and we're right by the engine shed so these are the engines that would take um, and ferry back clay to and from all the way down to Hollands Hill which helped pretty much build out the shape of the reservoirs. Today I've got a guest um, I am with Matt Ross of the Peak District National Park who you get to work in this centre your window overlooks the view that we are currently looking out on how lucky are you? Best office view in Longdendale. Very lucky. <laughs> um, so the view that we're walking towards at the moment is of Peaks Nays, Nell's Pike, Devil's Elbow. They're fascinating names, aren't they? And you have kind of spent a number of years peering out of that window, gazing at these places. But it is a job that you do. And what is your job and what do you do in the behind that window just over there. Behind the secret veil. Um, I am a young, young people's and communities ranger for the National Park, um, which means my job is all about getting people out to enjoy this space, particularly young people and communities that might not otherwise access it, helping them to discover all the wonderful things it's got to offer, how to look after it, how to enjoy it, and all the things they can learn from it. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, isn't it, when we kind of talk about what people know about the Peak District National Park, mm and that's why we've titled this episode but what is it um you know where you are the history of the park here it's not necessarily as old as the history of the reservoirs though isn't it i suppose a lot of people might be surprised to know that the peak district was the first national park and it was only designated in 1951. Mm, that's right yes yeah, so we just had our 70th anniversary and it's it's easy to forget that it's a new thing relatively as the national park itself because obviously the hills are so ancient and this landscape feels timeless but administratively the national park has only existed since then um, before that a lot of the land was closed off and it's really been um, a, a relatively recent development to get people encourage people to be able to access this special place and make that available to everybody and and protect it as well yeah, I suppose, you know, when people kind of come to this little patch here, you know, whilst we're kind of walking parallel to where all these kind of lo lo locomotive or huge, I don't know, kind of diesel trains or whatever they may have been that would have gone along here back in 1847, you know, when the reservoirs were first being built. And now we're here in 2023 and it's a lovely, peaceful place to walk and enjoy the scenery. I suppose it's important that we protect this now so that people can come here and remember those stories of the past. That's it absolutely and there's just so many layers in this landscape because like you say this is still is a working landscape but it has been all of the things we enjoy here the scenery the, the reservoirs the moorland it's because of human interaction with those things so it, it's created the special environment we see all those layers that have been going on over time 
um, but it's making sure we we can protect those and look after them and help people to understand more and want to protect them for the future with so many environmental pressures going on at the minute with climate change and um, population and all the things that are, are impacting on our landscape it's really important that we're spreading that message and going look at what you've got here on your doorstep we need to look after it and enjoy it and enjoy it safely and in an environmentally responsible way well the route that we're taking today takes us from the engine shed um, just by bottoms reservoir we walk with the woodhead pass to the left of us and but we follow a tarmac road um, well, you may occasionally hear cars that pass us because there is a parking place a little bit further on. We've got Bottoms Reservoir to our right and there's various brick walls which kind of hold all these secrets, I suppose, of the things that were here yesteryear, of bits of old railway lines, of bits of things that were built for the reservoirs, maybe old buildings, old quarry sites. We're coming up to a, a place in a second on the left well, there's an old quarry site and the bank which normally I guess some of the river might flow through um, just looks like empty cobbles at the moment in March but here I understand in this bit I imagine people a lot of people don't look left at this point but the quarry site I mean you were made aware weren't you of mm. when you've done some kind of classroom stuff here that there could be barn owls here yeah there's all sorts of birds I mean we can hear the the wood pigeons going in the jackdaws at the minute um, in the background but this kind of rocky craggy cliff face that's been left here by the quarrying once nature starts to retake over is actually a really really good place there's all sorts of nooks and crannies and crevices that birds like to nest on um, all sorts of invertebrates plants growing in there as well um, so it becomes this once the humans have left it this mini nature reserve really it's hard to believe that this was full of wagons and workers and the sounds of people chiseling away at the rock maybe even dynamite blowing chunks out of it um, all those years ago but yeah nature nature gets its way in the end and is taken back over <laughs> and now there's nothing but just a couple of pylons above us yeah well the blue sky is starting to appear but I want to take you back a few weeks actually I want to um, let you listen into some of the conversations Matt and I had when we came down here on a, a sunny crisp winter um, Sunday and we um, chatted to a few people and, and wanted to kind of find out from them what do they know about the National Park and also the history of the reservoirs. I don't really know a lot about them, to be honest. They're just kind of here, aren't they? <laughs> and we walk around them and we look at them and they change all the time in the light and the seasons. They're quite amazing to look at, really. And then suddenly they disappear and get very low and then suddenly fill up again. So I know that they were built in like the Victorian times. <laughs> Do you know um, much about like the Peak District National Park, like the boundary and are we in the park? Are we out the park right now? Actually, I have no idea, Claire. Right, it's yeah, really no bad because I'm a local person. I just go out and walk. I don't know what, what part of it we're actually in. I thought it was just an area that is classed well, as the Peak District National Park. They'll be maintaining it, won't they? Making sure that the wildlife that's there and the infrastructure all, all is maintained, really, and doesn't get destroyed. I mean, I've lived in Gossip all my life, and, um, I, you know, I know the names of the reservoirs, and, uh, 
I, I lived when there was a train running to Sheffield, you know. I probably went on that train because we had relatives in Sheffield, so... Yeah, I've been here a long time. I think the trail is fantastic. But as regards the history of, I mean, obviously it was a mill mill town and Glossop was a mill town and the water's reservoirs were for, for the mills. So, yeah, that's about as much as I can tell you, really. Yeah. <laughs> so we live nearby, so hopefully we know a bit. So we know that there used to be a railway going around here that is now closed and that we are walking and cycling on the tracks that used to be here. Uh, we know, at least I know, yeah. that there used to be also some buildings and mills that are now covered with water. Wow! And do you know that this area is in the Peak District National Park? We do. We do, yes. It protects the heritage and the nature and the environment. Did I got it right? Good chomping sound. We're asking people, what do you know about the reservoirs? Not a great deal other than we've walked parts of them We've come over from Marple, so we've got obviously the canals and and all that area, and we just got into walking as we were coming out of that that first lockdown. Over the years, we we got bored. As we came out of lockdown, we started looking at proper walking, and we're just working our way all around the area. Just our first time here. Wow. Yeah. How did you hear about it to come here? Um, we just googled it. We googled. We love walking and that, so we just Google walks and go on different walks all the time. And what's your you know. expectations of what you're going to find? Um, good views. Today is like a nice, chilled, easy one. You know, so we're going round the lake, which is not going to be uphills all the time, is it? So, um, we don't think. No, we don't think. I don't think it will be. I mean, we're not <laughs> going up that hill, so we're laughing. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so, you know, and just good banter between ourselves, you know. Do you know what I mean? Just we have a laugh, don't we? And we, we get out, we walk and you know, just spending time together. So I know the history back to the mill when it was there and it was all the whole industrial heritage of the valley. Yeah. I don't know no, nothing about how it's managed except it is very actively managed. Uh, I used to live in Glossop, now I live in Hadfield and I'm really enjoying the access that this the reservoir network gives you to the fells. So when you were in Gossip, did you not really come over here that yeah, much? Yeah, I did. Not over here, I did. But we just used to stick to the reservoir. So we'd say, oh, should we go and do the reservoir walk? And because I lived in Glossop, I explored Bleak Low more, straight from Glossop. Whereas here, now I'm exploring Crowden side a lot more. Do you know that this, uh, this particular bit we're standing in is in the Peak District National Park? Yeah, because I'd study maps quite a lot. Do you think a lot of people know that? I don't know, I don't know if they're bothered, because for me it's just the gate, we're in the Peak District, I live in the Peak District, so I don't separate out where the fine boundary is. Mm. One thing that's always amazed me is this kind of industrial architecture, it's defined by the physical geography of the hills, but what a feat of engineering, you know, you know, I just look at them sometimes, and when you go up to the different reservoirs, you see all the different shapes of the overflows, and they're really beautiful. You think, why did they put a curve in there? It looks really, really lovely. And how long must it have taken them to shift every sodding stone into place? 
you know, in every gully and every wall that I see, I just look at it and I think, well, they don't do it like that anymore, do they? continue to dance above us and we can actually just see through the trees whilst there's no leaves at this time of year we can see where bottoms reservoir ends over the dry stone wall and then we can see the start just peering through Vale House Reservoir where we're going to continue to walk along I mean Matt you know a couple of people there some real mixed responses you know of people who kind of really know the patch some people who've kind of travelled from far to come here and then a few people who just thought that the Peak Tisha National Park was a place they didn't realise you know what you do as an organisation I mean maybe that's a good talking point because we kind mm. of thought uh, an object um, an objective of this project was perhaps to raise more awareness about this area who's here and what happens so you know with the Peak Tisha National Park there's so many different elements of the things that you do here maybe we can lift the cloak and (laughs) reveal to people what are you doing yeah absolutely i mean i think it's understandable because there's so many different layers to the peak district it is a physical place but it's also many many different special qualities under that 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 can present many different national parks depending on what your interests are where you go i mean bakewell and castleton are very different places to here they tend to be the places that we see on the postcards, on the on the, the TV snapshot, it's always Montalhead Viaduct or Castleton or the Great Ridge. Not so often do we see our area in Longdale represented. So people sometimes maybe don't realise that we're part of the same thing. And it is also such a diverse landscape. I mean, that's one of the very special things about the Peak District, that we can have these different landscapes in the same national park. So it's, it's almost hard to believe that the wild moors and the valley here is part of the same area as... Um, Castleton for instance and you know that's one of the great things about it and physical geography compared to the administrative thing that is the National Park Authority again people sometimes don't realize how they link up and basically there's loads of different layers in the landscape there's history there's wildlife there's conservation there's cultural heritage all these things and we're trying to bring those layers together at the same time promoting them to people how to look after it how to enjoy it how to adventure in it but do so safely and responsibly yeah. i mean it's a big task mm. it is yeah <laughs> all the different departments ch- chiseling away at their little area of it yeah. and together hopefully we're achieving the greater good of that yeah yeah you know and you think as we're walking here got a big clump of mud in my shoe here we're just passing like a valve house one of the reasons we wanted to do this project was it's a place that perhaps people drive past on the Woodhead Pass. They kind of say, oh, that's, that looks nice down there, doesn't it? But we want people to stop and engage and see. And we've just walking past a board here which talks about, you know, the Vale House Dam. And I'll certainly get into that in future episodes when we talk about the flooded mill towns that were, you know, underneath the water here for Vale House Reservoir. I mean, there is... You know, these seven special qualities mm-hmm. that the Peak District um, works to. And I, and I was reading through these and I, and I was trying to get a sense from myself really about the depth of what a national park does and how that relates here. You know, the first one talks about these contrasting landscapes and dramatic geology, you said, and you couldn't get more of that just 
even as we kind of stand on the side looking over the dam here i mean we've got green pastured land over here we've got you know moss growing over these dry stone walls which have been here for 150 years and in the back we've got kind of you know rugged kind of moorland where there's sphagnum moss growing and you know there's trails here for cyclists there's tarmac path for walkers you couldn't get more mm. contrast in a place like this and that's before we even get into the stories of people and history and yeah people who've lived and worked in this area mm. that's it and that the contrast particularly it's the, it's amazing that the fact that we've got all of these moorlands forests this valley the reservoirs and then in half an hour's drive you can be in completely different limestone landscapes where the geology is very different and the hills are very different the plants are very different everything about it's different but it's part of the same national park and that's really one of the things that makes us really special the variety at the small scale here in longdendale and also at the bigger scale of the whole national park and the other thing speaking of varied landscapes i always think of it's when you stand on one of these hilltops and you can look out to the west and see all of Manchester in the urban area opening up, just that contrast there, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're so important because there's, you know, all this urban area, all the pollution, all the busyness, and then here we've got this completely different place where everyone can come and switch off at the end of the train line, short journey, and you're in this amazing, completely different, tranquil space. and, and many many different spaces to explore within that it's and it's free yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah know. i mean you know one of the other things that came up was about kind of almost celebrating like the distinctive wildlife and habitats mm. i always think like where we are now it's just starting to open up so we can kind of start to peer through much further down the reservoir we've still got peaks nays on our right hand side and devil's over elbow in the corner but these little kind of areas i always wonder how the trees stay vertical in a place like this there must be so many little different kind of things that you know about even just in this patch about the wildlife the habitats i mean what do you know of you know of working here for eight plus years of the kind of things that maybe people can look out for oh yeah there's so much all through the year there's things you can see um, and we, we've got internationally important habitats in this area the moors on top um, for for birds that come in the summer and nesting ground nesting birds things like curlews which have had something close to a 50 percent decline in their national population these hills are a stronghold for those you know they're a really reliable place to see them here we are just coming into march and the lapwings um, have all come back and watching them doing their their breeding displays it's like watching some crazy uh, remote control gliders whizzing around in the air and all their, their strange electrical noises they make that's amazing so keep your eye on the sky there's loads of birds you can see small level just looking some of their oh there's a tree creeper a little bird just climbing up the tree there a tiny little bird Looks oh, like it is. a little mouse going up. You so, can put that in the palm of your hand, yeah, that bird. Yeah, amazing. And there's another one that looks like that, a nuthatch, which is only the, the only bird that can go headfirst walking down a tree. What? There's, yeah, the only one that can do it. The tree keeper can't. It gets up so far and then goes, oh, no, I've got to fly down. <laughs> nuthatch laughing at the tree keeper walking down headfirst. Um, so these woods are full of birds. The hills are full of birds. And then looking smaller than that, you know, there's all sorts of invertebrates and plants as well, again, that are really special. Um, if you go to basically any sheltered clough with a bit of bilberry in it and a bit of gorse in May and June, you can see these tiny little butterflies the size of your thumbnail. 
they they don't look like much when they're flying because they're brown on the upper side but on the underside they're this beautiful emerald shimmery green they're called a green hair streak and they are, you know they're not that common in britain generally but these dark peak moors and cliffs are a great place to spot them around croden and everything loads of those there's all sorts of little beetles bugs some amazing flowers that grow on the the acid grassland and the sphagnum moss itself is you know it might not be a huge showy orchid or something but as a as, as a plant it's incredible it can hold over 10 times its own weight in water it's a major weapon against climate change because it's peat forming um all these things you know they're they're maybe not the huge great big colorful things but when you <laughs> once you start looking closely um you can see all kinds of things including that just passed us a black labrador walking on the moss on the dry stone wall <laughs> amazing oh there's the owner so i mean you, you mentioned they're like about bilberry i suppose for people who are out of the area i mean they're locally called wimberries aren't mm. they um you can see some marks on the os maps of wimberry stones nearer over the other side towards dovestons mm. but you know bilberries are like tiny little blueberries aren't they and mm. they make a flipping good better pie than blueberries i'd even Ooh, say oh yeah. they're very small it takes you a long time to yeah. pick them <laughs> labor intensive but yes worth it. i would yeah. say that and blackberries are brilliant around mm. here as well for foraging i mean you know the other thing is about this idea of tranquility mm. you know the fact that you know that you want a space where there's dark night skies within reach of millions this actually this section is one where i've come with friends to do a sunset walk and we came during the blood moon of uh, january 2022 and we turned and we looked the way that we're walking towards now actually towards Vale house and there was the moon full moon glowing on the water but with a cloud inversion in the distance and it was just a magical place and I suppose the dark sky nights are an interesting subject here which maybe later in the the series we can get into the tales of the Longdendale lights um, but you know why is it important to have spaces for dark night skies why does that matter well it, it, it puts us in touch with something ancient doesn't it you know we, we're all bathed in electric light constantly staring at our screens our phones our laptops our televisions everything like that and the rest of the universe is hidden by that sometimes isn't it all this this incredible vastness this beauty and it's so easy to go i'm not going out tonight i'm staying in where it's warm and cozy in my little bunker and it's all there and but there's increasingly few places where you can see it you know in really the the high quality because of all the light pollution from urban areas in our little um, en envelope of dark areas where there's not so much light pollution it's a great spot to come out and see them there's some really fantastic spots to see dark skies here and you know there's so much to learn there's the, all the rest of the universe out there and all these wonderful constellations we've even had rumors of seeing the northern lights locally even last night um, we were just talking about that and um and comets we've had this year there's been all sorts of things to go out and see you know and, and there's few places where you can actually go and see it and you know we're so close to that urban area here but come a little way out away from the houses and the offices and everything like that and suddenly this whole new universe opens up i think also what i quite like is that it's quite safe you know mm. you don't have to be scrambling up towards kinder scout actually we're walking along a tarmac path which mm. with a head torch yeah. and obviously not doing it on your own you know, it makes it a little bit more safe than maybe trekking on Kinder Scout at night. Absolutely. You don't have to be on top of a mountain to see no. the stars. You know, there's different places to see them. You need to find somewhere with, 
you know, not too obscured by trees where you can get a good view of the sky and where, um, you know, you're away from lights and street lights and things. But, um, but other than that, you know, you can give it a shot anywhere, anywhere that's easily accessible around here. Mm. I mean, as we've been walking now, what I always kind of like at this time of year, you know, when there aren't so many leaves, you get to kind of see a little bit further mm. into the land and these kind of leftover bits of walls from the railway you can kind of just spot them the occasional kind of boundary marker will appear as well sometimes you know the markings have worn away and it's just the stone itself um, and I really enjoy exploring that because it's these little reminders I suppose that you know the the fourth special quality talked about telling a story of thousands of years you know of people farming and industry and there couldn't be a place I think where just within five reservoirs there is more of that which is why I've really enjoyed exploring in this project you know the fact that here you know in 1833 on the other side of the reservoir they started building um, at Woodhead um, you know the railway line which eventually connected you know Hadfield through to Manchester as it does now but it went all the way through to Sheffield you know the first electric train opened in 1954 and back on this side you know the reservoirs when they were designed by John Bateman he's got a lot of other fancy middle names which I can't remember and can't say but you know he designed this waterways because you know there was a cholera epidemic in Manchester they needed to get water to a growing population across Manchester Stockport Ashton and what he designed was like a world first kind you know the first major waterways of this ever um, and that took 29 years to do because the you know the landscape was going against some of the workers it was moving it was shifting they needed to find ways to kind of move the clay from where you work the engine shed down to the other side and then of course you know you skip several several years later were 1951 so only three years before the first electric train finally they, they recognized this area as a national park the train line closed in 1981 and then now the trail Longdondale trail as we know was opened in 1992 so that's just like a bullet point list of a touch of the stories what are some of the things that you enjoy finding out about this little patch yeah, there's so much to discover, isn't there? The ancient Egyptians used to, when they used a piece of um, papyrus, they'd then scroll it out, they'd scrub it all out when they'd finished using it and use it again. But you'd still see this trace coming through and they call it a palimpsest. And that's really kind of what the landscape's like here. You know, something new is used in it, but you can still see these traces yep. coming through. And I find that fascinating. Like you said, this time of year particularly, you yeah, see the just... odd little... It's like a kind of wood, um, a brick cove that we're just passing. Mm. It's like a U-shape. I have no idea what that would That's have been. probably where they had the electric mast for the little railway line, isn't it? They probably had it sticking out or something. Oh. I don't know. Who knows? I don't it's know. Like, it's yeah. just like a weird, yeah, a U-shape into the land. Yeah. It's just, and I've seen a few of those as we've yeah. been walking. But this is what I mean. Yeah, you That's say it. like they're just these little occasional reminders, mm. but we've got to keep our eye out and look for them. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... The, the story of the railway is fascinating you know it's so peaceful now and just joggers and cyclists and horse riders and it would have been these huge 
um, coal trains thundering through with these big electric engines or businessmen going to a meeting in London or catching the Horwich boat train and things like that. You know, it's, it's, it's great, isn't it? And it's, it's just the, the things that you put you in mind of the past that is almost hard to imagine because it's so different here now. When you see those little clues, it's a portal to another world, isn't it? And it just gives you so much to think about. It's fantastic. And we've even had, you know, this old archaeological things and Crowden the village is quite fascinating to me we spend a lot of time up there with school groups and it's you know it's a small hamlet now but to think there was um, bleach works and a hall and all these things just these these completely separate existences that there's just little clues of now is, is really fascinating mm, to me I, I look forward to going and visiting that with you yeah we've come to this point now where I suppose I always think of it as a bit of a jetty really and you can kind of step out onto the jetty don't jump in obviously <laughs> but just before that it feels to me like there's a bit of a a platform and there's like a little you know break there's a gate there oh we've got another little black labrador coming to say hello oh no gone past but here it looks like there's a platform here you know of the railways of the various different things and sometimes you can kind of find you know, railway sleepers and, and things like that hidden under the land. The jetty, I always think, is is just a beautiful place to kind of come and sit and, again, see sunset. But all the different wildlife we've got here where you can see there's a river, like, kind of continuing to run along the side. See, so the, you know, we're seeing people passing us today of they're using this place, you know, as a place to kind of chill out and get quiet time and reflection you know escape and there's more adventure I suppose if people want to get a mountain bike and um, you know maybe go higher up on the hills and do some you know more scary stuff <laughs> that's there for people too but actually you know as a way to kind of get people moving from A to B that seems really popular here that idea of peaceful escape quiet reflection Mm, absolutely i mean it's just such a great resource to have on the doorstep of of all the surrounding urban areas and towns and villages isn't it i mean there's so much space here so you can spread out and the spaces for all the different activities there's places to cycle there's places to walk there's places to just quietly have a picnic there's all sorts of things you can do and whatever adventure you want from a small micro adventure to a great big multi-day hike or camping trip or or um, long distance walk all those things you can do and and there's something for everybody and that's really important you know yes we're here to protect all the special things about the landscape but we're also here saying come on enjoy it it's here for you it's free it's here for you it's free and it always will be that's why it's here um, and you know we're trying to do our bit to to make sure that it's in a fit state to be handed down for the future generations and along the way we're trying to encourage people to to do their bit to look after it as well so enjoy it enjoy it responsibly and um, we're trying to inspire young people to get out here and see it a lot of the school groups i work with they come out and they come from inner city manchester they've never seen a sheep before they've never been in a place anything like this and we're saying look, this is here it's on your doorstep you might not be able to get to it now but in the future come back um and just you know it's here come and enjoy it be inspired by it learn to love it learn to look after it we're about to um, pass Roadswood Keeper's Cottage, actually. That's one of the things that you can see on a map. And we're heading towards, well, what I call like the Z ramp, where people locally might know it. You either get to choose to go up a ramp, which is like a Z, or up some steps. And you get to the top of that, you get to Vale House um, 
you get to the top of Alehouse Reservoir where it's there's a bridge that separates and next is Roadswood. And a fascinating fact which you know I didn't know was that all the reservoirs are named after former mill owners. Mm. I didn't know that. So the sun is just starting to hit the hill on the side. It's just kind of like absorbing all the different colours here. The blue sky, in fact, we've got a bit of the moon. It's like a half moon above us, very, very high. Um, it seems a lot stiller here today, actually. My hand is absolutely freezing holding the microphone, though. I mean, I'm just looking at the colours of where we are now, and there's so many greens and browns. The blue sky, the grey tarmac. You know, it's there's nobody here. It's just so, so peaceful. What do you think some of the barriers are, Matt, you know, of why people don't feel like, you know, maybe feel a bit of apathy towards the National Park or they might feel nervous or like it's not for them? How do you kind of cross some of those challenges? I think it's the same with anything that's unknown, isn't it? You know, if you're a beginner and you've heard about these things and it's not somewhere you've been, it's hard to know where to start, partly, because it's so vast. Um, and, you know, particularly around Longdendale, it's not it's not got some of the traditional tourist amenities. You know, it's not visitor centres and cafes and... and there's no and toilets. Like that. Exactly, yeah. Apart from Torside and Crowden, there's very few of those kind of things. So um, it can seem a bit intimidating first. Well, what do I go there's nothing there's nothing there what do i do what what how do you explore and more it's all open and where the paths and things like that even reading a map if, you, if you've not been doing that thing before you've not been brought up with it i mean i'm very lucky i grew up with maps because my dad always had them when i was really really small so i've always seen them and that's always been a comfortable thing for me but if you haven't seen that it, it's all this strange hieroglyphics isn't it it's it's it can be quite off-putting well they say maps are you know for no one but town planners and authorities they're not really for people and there's something about i suppose walking these you kind of create a people's map don't you You create your that's own true. version of a map of the landscape just by walking it well that's true exactly i mean I, maps don't need to be a snobby thing they're there to help you explore but yeah they are they can be quite off-putting if you're not used to them and and you ultimately you create your own little map of the world don't you but um it's nice to be able to explore new places as well but um Equally transport, I mean, you know, there aren't, because there's not many settlements up this valley, there's very little public transport. And, you know, as we know, it's there's been quite a lot of cuts to public transport generally lately. Um, so that can be a bit tricky. People not having cars, it can be quite hard to get out. But we're very lucky with having the train line straight from Manchester to Hadfield, joining straight up with the trail. Yeah. Um, perhaps, you know, it hasn't, we haven't always made in the past enough effort to get out into communities outside the national park and say here's how you get here here's what you do come and explore this place and that's something we're really trying to work hard at the minute to reach out to new communities and local and a bit further afield and say you know come and enjoy this space i think the the pandemic really helped people realize that they need outdoor space a lot of people and it's a great time to to um, carry on with that message and say if you enjoyed that when you're in lockdown getting out and having realizing the importance of that that space for your mental health carry that on come and enjoy it and um, give people the tools to help do help them do that yeah i suppose we kind of hope through this project that we give people the chance to either listen to these podcasts before they come out and walk and the fact that you could be walking along listening to this as if you're with us right now 
maybe even walking at the same point at the same time we're talking about it that you can feel connected you know um i do notice that google maps has now actually started to put green dotted lines of some of the footpaths around the reservoirs uh, the more easier to reach ones anyway which does help but you know the os map ol1 is the area for the map where we are here today and it's a brilliant resource to just get a cup of tea mm. and really study i feel like i've kind of become friends with the os map in getting to know all these weird kind of signs and markers and i've never ever read a map before until last year and now i've started googling well what does bs mean and it's not what you think it is i'll just clarify that it means boundary stone that wasn't the answer you thought i was going to say was it but you know just to kind of develop that learning and i think you know like making our own maps as we say this bit where we're kind of coming up to now where we're reaching the end of vale house reservoir you start to hear the water in a minute we always um call this a uh, job bridge um my now husband uh, lost his job just before lockdown or well pretty much as lockdown hit and he was out of work and we were desperately trying to apply for work and we were lay on the grass at the top of this bridge when he finally got a call to say that he'd been offered a job so we call this job bridge and I heard from um, somebody else in town today that the trees that you see just to the right here they like to call this Star Wars woods because it reminds them of Star Wars. It's these kind of things, I think, that make a place yours and you feel like you engage in it and you're making the map and the landscape totally. work with you in your life. That's it. And who knows, maybe Darth Vader lives at Tor side. <laughs> now here, we're just coming to the end of our walk for today. And you start to hear the water, which is just coming down because I'm, I'm very curious to find out more about how the reservoirs work how they're maintained and hoping that at some point we can speak with someone for united utilities to just understand because we've got the reservoir behind us but alongside is the water which kind of guides through and around and some of it goes for our water that we drink in the area and some of it goes back in to keep the river floating and flowing sorry it's quite quiet today it's not as loud and rushing as it has been sometimes you come here and it is deafening there is one other thing i would just like to point out which i think a lot of people probably just walk past and there's a sign just on this um kind of building this outhouse here and it's a it's a, a dedication to somebody who i went and googled actually it's a dedication to this chap called professor eric montgomery wilson and also his uh, beloved and supportive wife, Stephanie Leslie. And I looked into this guy and, um, you know, he was the designer and builder of this hydropower station. He was pretty much a guru of everything hydropower. And he lived in Stockport and worked on some crazy projects all around the world. And yet, you know, there's just a plaque here, but there's very little else to find out about him and what he actually did and how he did it here. But I imagine a lot of people kind of walk past and they don't even notice that. All they'll see maybe is just in front a few mole hills just over the gate that we're leaning on. Yeah, there's always more to discover, isn't there? There's so much um, to look for. You know, everywhere has something interesting, I think, if you look closely enough. And we're lucky enough in the Longdendale Valley that there's thousands of interesting things little clues to other worlds 
wildlife, history. It's a brilliant place to come and explore. Yeah, well, there we go. We've got the Rhodeswood Hydroelectric Electricity Substation. That's catchy, isn't it? For uh, Electricity Northwest, we've got United Utilities, who own a lot of the land. And then we've got, you know, a, a, a kind of red pinky mark around this place, which is designated as a Peak District National Park. So already we're start, kind of starting to form a bit of a, an idea of what's here and who does what. Um, but as the episodes go on, I want to kind of discover more about the people. The people who kind of have loved and protected and walked this place. And, and I'm curious more to continue walking this. So I hope that when you join me for future episodes, you'll put your shoes on and uh, come and follow me. Tomorrow I'm walking from Padfield to Timwhistle, so staying around Bottoms Reservoir. But just to end this, I think uh, we need the sunglasses on at the moment, Matt. I mean, the, the sun, we're turning back towards Vale House, and at one point there was a whole mill town in front of his here. There was a chimney sticking out. I mean, and now it's just a blinding reflection of the sun, you know? It's brilliant. It's fantastic, isn't it? And, you know, these reservoirs are a man-made thing, but they're still very beautiful, and the, this landscape's all the history in it, the, the combination of nature and human influences has produced something really special i think and yeah we're just really lucky to have it on our doorstep yeah and maybe if you're listening in manchester i wonder if you're gonna have a glass of water from your tap right now because you might be drinking the water that we are looking at right in front of us anyway we'll be back with more go find out more about the project uh, at longdendaletales.co.uk where you can find a digital interactive map with some of the stories the places and the podcasts that we're talking about take care thanks very much Thank you.